I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors wrapped up Game 4 by a score of 150 to 122 to take all four games against the Brooklyn Nets. And before I go on to recap, this game where the Raptors bench scored 100 points, they got 100 points off the bench. I've never seen anything like this, especially in the playoff game. I got to tell you that, look, I know what you're thinking right now. Ever since basketball came back, you can't get buckets out of your head. We're not just talking about basketball buckets. We're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. Happens to me all the time. One minute, I'm watching the Raptors bench. Score 100 points. That's a lot of buckets. The next minute, I'm daydreaming about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. How could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken? But don't worry. It's normal. Even happens to most NBA players during actual games. Um, It just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. Okay, so yeah, the Raptors. um, 100 points off the bench. Uh, The Nets, who... You know, I have to admit, I got to admit when I'm wrong. I thought the Nets would give a better effort in this series. And, um, you know, after game two, which was their strongest effort, uh, they rolled over and died because they got blown out in three of these four games. And the Raptors were able to complete their first sweep. Now, I do take exception to that because I do think that um, that is not true. The Raptors, as you recall, had the Canadian sweep against the Milwaukee Bucks last year. The Canadian sweep is when you're too nice, you give them two games right off the bat, and then you win four in a row. It's a, a little bit nicer than a gentleman's sweep. And yeah, I mean, you know, the Raptors also swept the uh, Orlando Magic. L- listen, if you win four in a r- games in a row in a playoff series, I consider that a sweep. I don't care how many games were played before that. If you lose four in a row, you got swept. The Bucks got swept. The Magic got swept. And now... The Brooklyn Nets officially got swept because they did not put up an effort at all in this game. I was not disappointed from this game because, like, obviously I want the Raptors to win. I was only disappointed in the sense that I thought the Nets would have a little bit more pride than this. But maybe that's what happens when, you know, as you recall from the last episode that I did about Game 3, maybe this is what happens when you get kicked in the teeth that many times because the Nets did not put up any fight, no resistance, nothing. When you see a scoreline like 150 in regulation, <laughs> um, you know, and you have a hundred points off the bench, off the opposing bench, you know, you just didn't try. The Nets did not try. The, you know, honestly, the first half, I was, you know, the Raptors went up into halftime, up like a comfortable like 13, 15 points, and I was just thinking like, this game, this game doesn't even feel like a playoff game. It doesn't even feel like a regular season game. This feels like a preseason game. This felt, honestly, some of the scrimmage games the Raptors played uh, to start the bubble had more intensity than this one. Um, I mean, yeah, the Nets were not interested in playing defense. The Raptors, again, scored 150 points. They scored, their lowest scoring quarter was 34 points today for the Raptors. And that was the fourth quarter that was entirely played by bench players and third string bench players. You know, you got guys like TD, Matt Thomas going off for 12 points, you know, Stanley Johnson with nine, of course, Stan God. 
um, hitting pull-up threes, Rondé, you know, Paul Watson, Chris Boucher. That's the group that had 34 points. Other than that, 39 in the third quarter, 38 in the second, th- uh, 39 in the first quarter. Unbelievable. The, the Nets just played zero defense. And look, I get it, man. The only guy in the Nets that plays defense is Jared Allen. And the Nets are essentially asking Jared Allen to guard five positions. Like, the, the fact that he needs to come out and guard on switches against Fred but then needs to also be at the rim to protect against Mark, to protect against Pascal. Then he's got to guard Pascal one-on-one. Then he's got to hold off OG for going for the offensive glass. Then he's got to battle surge. Like, it's ridiculous. And and the Nets just, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, they weren't mic'd up, but I'm pretty sure they were chanting 1-2-3 Cancun in, 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 in every single timeout because it was it was terrible. They played zero defense, and the Raptors just kind of walked all over them. You know, um, you know, you look at the the guy that's been hurting them all series, Fred Van Vliet. He's been the series MVP. Fred picks up three quick fouls in the first quarter. You know, two reach in fouls and then a uh, offensive foul right after that. Garrett Temple steps in and takes a charge. This is like five minutes into the game, and then Nick Nurse is like, "All right, you know what? Our most important player, Fred, just gonna take him off. We're gonna sit him down. Doesn't play again for the entire first half." Uh, and then, you know, Fred plays the third quarter, but Fred had, uh, you know, his easiest night pretty much inside the bubble, only 19 minutes for Fred. Um, you know, he pretty much, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Raptors scrapped the rotation. It's the best part out. doesn't really matter. Um, and then, of course, there was a negative news where Kyle Lowry rolled his foot, his left foot, um, against Chris Chioza, super harmless play. He just kind of rolled his foot, you know, tried to stay in the game for a possession, couldn't commit an intentional foul, left, and then went to get imaging. The Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse clarified that it's the arch of Kyle Lowry's foot that they're looking at. And so he's getting an MRI. Uh, Hopefully everything's okay there. But, you know, just going back to this game, I mean, you know, basically Fred and Kyle only give you 11 points. And the Raptors still score 150 points. And, and, you know, a lot of that was a lot of point Pascal today, um, which I've, you know, first off, I really enjoy point Pascal. That was, when people talk about early season Pascal Siakam, what what you saw then was, a couple of things. One, defenses weren't necessarily sure to, to adjust because they didn't know that Pascal had leveled up from what he uh, did last season. Two, uh, Pascal was playing with so much incredible energy. You know, he's getting out in transition, getting to the rim, just relentlessly attacking, uh, and just so energetic, just beating everyone down the floor every single time. And then three, you know, Pascal was forced to play a lot more of that point guard role because the Raptors lost Kyle Lowry, as you remember, last, uh, you know, well, this is the last year. Uh, in November, when Kyle, um, you know, le- left that game in, against New Orleans, and you know they went on that stretch where you know Kyle missed eleven games, and the Raptors went um, nine. No, 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 Kyle missed. I, f- I forgot how many games Kyle missed, but the Raptors were actually twelve and two without Kyle this year, uh, and a lot of that was because Kyle missed a month after you know getting hurt in that uh, New Orleans game, and Pascal had to play a lot more point guard. He had to initiate a lot more. And I loved the way Pascal played at that time. I think everyone fell in love with the way Pascal played at that time. That was basically the push that got him into starting the All-Star game. And we saw that again tonight where Pascal was relentless in attacking the basket. I mean, just over and over and over again. Getting post position, turning, facing up, you know, driving all the way to the basket, finishing. Um, you know, even when he caught out of the three-point line, against the Nets were not very, you know, organized defensively. Driving through their defense, getting to the rim, finishing. A lot of plays with a lot of contact, didn't really finish. Didn't shoot the three well either, one of seven. Only make was a step back over Rodion's Kuruks, who was basically uh, the chair from, um, if you remember, Yi Jianlian, the uh, legendary Chinese 
basketball player who the Milwaukee Bucks took in the <laughs> with a with a lottery pick. Um, you know, there's a story about you know Yijian Lan. Apparently, he uh, practiced against a chair and dominated the chair in in draft workouts. And people were like, you know what? If the chair can't handle them, then he must be a lottery pick. Uh, anyway, you know, essentially, Rodion's Kuruks is that chair that 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 Yi was going against. All right, because oh man, every single guy that went against Kuruks the, the series uh, just destroyed the guy. And uh, you know, Pascal. I mean, you know, what I really enjoyed was you know, uh, you know, obviously with Kyle out and Fred in foul trouble for the entire first half, Pascal had to play a point guard role for pretty much the entire second quarter, and he looked really good in that role. Uh, he had 10 assists, which is a career high. I mean, obviously, this is a playoff, so it's a playoff career high, but it's a career high regardless. 10 assists for Pascal, and he really played that point forward role beautifully. Um, you know, even more than Kyle, even more than, uh, you know, Fred. When Pascal drives and he's able to break past that first line of defense, the the, the defense completely overreacts. Everybody sucks in. Everyone is helping. They're all afraid of Pascal. And there's so many open threes. And, and Pascal's always done a good job this season of finding open threes. But it's a little bit different when he's sort of, you know, uh, in the post. A double comes. He kicks it back out. You know, it's a little bit more predictable where that pass is going to go. It's a little bit easier for the defense to rotate. He's not going to necessarily... Um, you know, always going to get the, uh, the the you know the, the assist or or whatever the, you know directly with the with, with the pass. But uh, when when you're driving in and the defense is collapsing, you know the defense can't necessarily anticipate which side they're sending help from and, and which side Pascal's kicking out to. Pascal did such a good job of distributing. You know, I thought he did a really good job of feeding Serge Ibaka in the post. Oddly enough, there was this this was a series where I felt like the Raptors could have gone to the post way more. Um, it's not necessarily the Raptors aren't necessarily a big post up team, but. You know, the Nets are so small and they have so many mismatches that there are so many times where, you know, Marks got inside position against a guard. Serge has got inside position against a guard. OG's got inside position against a guard. I mean, you know, like, I'm even, I mean, even Pascal has obviously lots of post position. But the issue is, you know, with the Raptors guards, I, sometimes it felt like, A, the Raptors guards are calling their own number a lot. And also, B, they weren't necessarily throwing the entry pass in, a, you know, Maybe it just wasn't an angle. With Pascal, he's six foot nine. You know, it, it's pretty easy for him to throw the entry pass. Him and he got a couple of baskets for Surge in this game. And I thought Pascal played that point forward role beautifully, and they did that for pretty much the entire of the second quarter. The Raptors, you know, uh, were, were really good on offense in that quarter. Um, and you know, Pascal played really well. And then, <laughs> man, well, as soon as they subbed in Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka, that was when this game was over. And of course, that was midway through the first quarter, so the game was over very quick. But Serge and Norm, the two of them together, just absolutely demolished the Nets. The um, the Raptors' previous uh, record uh, for playoff scoring off of, for, for a player off the bench was 25 for Jose Calderon. Uh, both Serge and Norm uh, surpassed uh, Numero Ocho there. Um, 27 points for Serge Ibaka on 12 of 14 shooting, including 3 of 3 from 3. And 15 rebounds, and two blocks, and two steals. I mean, that's that's a $10 mighty bucket for two right there. Uh, and then Norman Powell, 29 points on 9 of 14 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3, 6 of 6 on the free throw line. Uh, two steals, a block, an assist. I mean, no, I mean, those two, when they came off the bench and they give you that kind of production, it was game over. And look, the Nets have some garbage bench players. Obviously, you know... Um, They've had a lot of injuries, and even though they've been able to sort of still patch together a decent, competitive, uh, functional starting five, they have not been able to do that 
with their bench. There's just simply not enough guys. And yeah, I, again, any lineup with Rodion's Kuruks is just losing, period. And uh, man, Norm, you know, dunking on Kuruks, dunking on Allen, you know, Surge hitting every shot. And you don't think he missed his first shot until the second half, but everything he was touching was going up. The confidence was crazy, you know. Every time Surge is confident, obviously, you know, the shot's going up. And it's it's looking good. And I mean... Yeah, Serge, Serge, this is a, this is a matchup for Serge. I mean, this was a great matchup for Serge Ibaka where, um, you know, the the Nets obviously had no bench players, also no real interior defenders, and they also switched a lot because they were trying to stop the Raptors' perimeter players, and so Serge got a lot of mismatches, and Serge just feasted. And you, you needed the center to score in this series, and, you know, even Mark scored today nine points. That's that's like 20 points for anyone else, but, um, but Serge, I mean, 27 points in 20 minutes? That's unbelievable production. And, and you're going to need a lot more of that from Serge against the Celtics. And I think similarly, the, I think Serge can do a lot of the similar things against the Celtics. Uh, but I'll leave that for a little bit later on. And then Norm, with all due respect to, uh, to Playoff P, who, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, let's not forget that Kawhi Leonard left uh, this team for the Raptors uh, to go play with Playoff P. 45 minutes today for Playoff P, 3 of 14 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3 for 9 points. Playoff P in a loss, too, by the way, the Mavericks, Luka Doncic uh, hitting a step-back game winner in overtime uh, to uh, to seal that win. It's just a fantastic game, and the Mavs are up 2-1 in that series. Kawhi, obviously, Kawhi did his thing, 32 points, but uh, Playoff P, baby, 45 minutes, 9 points, 3 of 14 shooting, set after the game. Uh, this series would be a lot different if I hit more shots. Like, yeah, no shit, buddy. No shit, okay. <laughs> no one's uh, seen their stock fall faster than Playoff P, bro. Playoff P is, you know, play, yeah, I mean, Playoff P has not been great. And look, honestly, it's, it's time for Playoff P to just surrender that nickname. Obviously, um, you already got uh, Chuck slandering him, you know, saying, you know, you got to give up that nickname. It's not like I, I go around calling myself Championship Chuck. Just a, an, a, an all-time burn there from uh, from Chuck, but... That, that we all know that the real playoff P is Norman Powell. I mean, the 29 points plus 31 off the bench. You know, Norm, it's not even the scoring. He had to do a lot of the guarding, too, against Levert. Now, Levert scored well. He had 35 points, by far his best game of the series, scoring-wise. He had a bunch of threes. But yeah, I thought Norm defended him well. Um, outside of a couple of ticky-tack fouls, like, Levert had to hit a bunch of jumpers. Now, you hit them, but that's the game plan. You let Levert hit some jumpers. Uh, but Norm had to guard Levert, uh, and then Norm also matched Levert in terms of scoring, going the other way. And, who um, man, Norm is just, you know, every open three, he's hitting those two. He's moving the ball well. Like, he's, uh, yeah, Norm is finishing plays. And, you know, there was a bit of concern for me, at least, watching some of these guys with the bench rotation. Norm and Serge going back to the bench after playing so much with the starters all year. I was curious, like, you know what? Are they going to have the rhythm? Are they going to be comfortable in that role? Took a couple of games and seeding games to get comfortable. But once they've gotten comfortable, man, they have gotten comfortable. And and Serge and Norm uh, have been huge pieces. I mean, Norm, the last three games of the uh, of, of the series, he what, he goes for 24, then 11, and then 29. So averaging over 20 points in those three games. And then you got Serge. I mean, you know, man, you know, last three games here, what, you got... 27, then 20, then 8, and then in game 1, 22 for Surge as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's just a dominant dominant performance from those two. When you can have essentially two 20-point, uh, you know, threats coming off the bench, that is a huge advantage. Obviously, it's an advantage against the Nets because the Nets are garbage. Whatever, right? We get it. But still, I mean, moving forward into the playoffs, I mean, 
even against Boston next round without Gordon Hayward, uh, who off their bench is giving you 20 points? Obviously, Marcus Smart could have done that occasionally, maybe in Enos Cantor if there's like uh, a good matchup, I guess. And he, he I, I mean, I can't even talk myself into that. Like, you know, it, it's it's tough. I mean, not a lot of teams have that kind of firepower off the bench. And when you have Serge giving you 29, when you have Norm giving you 27. Uh, you know, you you already have a combined 56 points right there. And then you add in the fact that Terrence Davis came in as the eighth man. You know, um, you know the Raptors needed some extra guards uh, because Kyle was out and Fred was injured or Fred was um, in foul trouble. And so you had Matt Thomas playing extended run in the second quarter there. You had Terrence Davis playing extended run. And even when those two guys give you a combined 26 points, like, it, it's over. It's over. Um, the Nets, obviously, they, they were just ready to go home. Um, it, you know, the Chris Chioza jokes were funny until you watch Chris Chioza, Chris Chioza play basketball and you're like, this is not cool. This is not interesting. Um, he would, you know, these guys are just like twice his, his size and he can't get a shot off. Um, yeah, it was, it was a dominant performance. And, and again, you know, the, the best stretch of the game really I thought was, okay, so the Raptors clearly had, were in the driver's seat. I just wanted to see them end it, right? I didn't want to see anybody have to play extended minutes. Obviously, with Kyle already going down, is a little weary. I wanted to see a, a sharp push in that third quarter. And I knew they could do it, too, because Norman's done a great job with the starting lineup all year. So even with Kyle out, I knew Norman was going to come in and, and do his thing, and he obviously did that. But there was a stretch there where they were playing with Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, OG Anobi, Norman Powell. And then, of course, like Norm and Serge, or sorry, um, uh, Serge and Mark, you know, shuffled in and out at the center position. But those four young guys right there, as the core of this team, you know, for the next half decade, essentially, uh, it, it, it's very, very enticing. It's very, very fun to watch. They, they played such beautiful basketball. The Raptors won that quarter 39 to 19. Uh, <laughs> man. I mean, obviously, defensively, they were doing some good things. Um, the mobility was there, but really offensively, there were some beautiful stretches. There was a stretch there where, you know, Pascal drives it, kicks it to OG in the corner. OG's, you know, got a guy with a hand in his face, still shoots the three, hits that. Then, you know, Pascal drives, dishes to Norm. Norm hits like a 28 footer, no problem, bang. And then the next play down, Fred Van Vliet is essentially taking a heat check for the team collectively, dribbles down and pulls up from 30. Raptors are up 23. The Nets with the call timeout. That killed the game right there. When those three guys were hitting those threes, Pascal sending these guys up, these all these other guys playing great. It's beautiful stuff. They move the ball well. They, they share the ball well. OG did a good job driving the ball, making good decisions uh, on his part today. I liked his activity on the glass too. It felt like the... The Nets were just, like, so small, and I felt like, you know, if OG wanted to, he can assert his physicality. And we saw that at, at certain points in this series, but especially tonight on the offensive glass. Just, like, single-handedly, you know, holding off one or two guys. He obviously had that play earlier in the series where he got the rebound over, like, two guys and then dunked it through two more guys. You know, OG has that kind of strength. But, yeah, OG made some great plays. You know, he had, he had that spin move, driving in for a dunk. Uh, he, he's actually gotten really confident now in terms of asking for the ball. Uh, when he's in the post, you know, it's, it's rare to see OG ask for the ball, but uh, he's, you know, again, some of these Nets guys are so small, OG's just getting the ball and, and turning and driving and dunking, and it was exciting. It was exciting to watch. Even Marcus Gasol got into the action with a bit of scoring to start the game. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, just look at the game as a whole. 39 assists and 150 points. I did not even, truthfully, I did not watch a lot of the fourth quarter. I just ran right ahead and wrote 10 things. Just to, you know, uh, it's a Sunday night. I'd like to finish work a little early. 
Yeah, and apparently so did the Nets. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they did not give any effort. And you know what? Uh, you know, I, it is it's a tough situation. You know, after after you know they had that group and then they lose Joe Harris on top of that. Um, yeah, they just kind of lost their spirit. Guys like Timothy Luol Cabro, he had one hot shooting game and then he kind of cooled off. Tyler Johnson had a hot start, he cooled off. Lavert was just kind of going one on five. He hit some jumpers, cool, but you know it, it wasn't really sustainable. Jared Allen can't create his own offense. Got tired from playing so much defense, to be honest. Garrett Temple. He's a fine role player, I guess. And, uh, yeah, and then off the bench, I mean, some of these guys who are coming in, uh, it's tough. I don't even want to make any more Dazone Musa jokes or Chris Chioza jokes or Rodion's Kuroks. I mean, he hit what? Wow, he hit eight, he hit four shots today. That's that's pretty good for him. But, um, yeah, it was it was a blowout. And so, you know, the the big concern, obviously, is Kyle's foot. Uh, hopefully, everything's okay there. Um, you know, Kyle's a very tough customer. You remember Kyle wore that glove for most of the um, the second, no, the 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 the, the third round, and then uh, the the conference finals, and then of course the NBA finals. Um, you know, he's <laughs> he's willing to play through some pain, and he's he's not someone who's going to come out the game easily. But uh, apparently, yeah, he you know he. He come, he came out, so it, it it is what it is, right? That's that's gonna be tough. But um, you know, the Raptors, the first game against the Boston Celtics in the second round is going to take place uh on Thursday. Game one is on Thursday, so there will be a couple of days there for Kyle to sort of get right, hopefully get some treatment. You know, uh, obviously I'm sure they're gonna be working around the clock to to get Kyle's foot right. Really, really knocking on wood that he's okay because you really, really needed, um, you know, you really, really needed. Uh, to see this series. Obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, I have always advocated for this series. I've always wanted to see it. Somehow, the Celtics always duck the Raptors, and the Raptors always duck the Celtics, but I would just love to see it. I'd love to see it at full strength. Unfortunately for the, the Celtics, you know, they don't have Gordon Hayward and the Raptors. Who knows with how, but... um, Yeah, I want to see this matchup because it it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. First up. You know, the Sixers, okay, so, they, you know, <laughs> so, okay, so the Celtics swapped the Sixers, you know, and that's, I guess, more impressive than the Raptors sweeping the Nets. Um, you know, I would say, having watched a lot of the fourth quarters of the Sixers games, those teams were just, they were a mess. Um, I was watching game three, which was, the, the you, you have, if you drop the first two, whatever, you can maybe come back. If you drop game three, it's over. In the fourth quarter of game three, with under a minute left, the Sixers were running Al Horford as the as the point guard and Joel Embiid as the screener. They were working pick and roll with Al Horford and Joel, Joel Embiid at the free throw line with their season on the line. And I believe it ended in a missed three or whatever, but I was thinking, like, this is basically the Kyle Lowry, Ronda Hollis, Jefferson pick and roll that they run for fun. <laughs> And they're running it with their with their max players of uh, the season on the line. So what I'm trying to say is the Sixers, even though they have talent, yeah, they were completely dysfunctional. And Bede would dominate for a little bit, then get tired. They get sloppy, commit turnovers, get blocked. That's pretty much what happened at the end of game two, what happened at the end of game three. And, yeah, you know, so congrats to the Celtics, I guess, you know, for, for sweeping the, Celt- the Sixers. But I actually really do think the Sixers, with the way they were, how dysfunctional they were, would have gotten swept by a lot of teams. Like, what have got some of the Raptors? I'm, I'm, you know, they were that dysfunctional. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great series. I think uh, they're obviously great talent on both sides. I actually do think the Hayward thing is going to be very important. The fact that he's out, you know, with a grade three ankle sprain, which is at minimum a month. 
and obviously the series is not going to take a month. Um, but you know, one of the big issues that the Raptors ran into was defensively they couldn't really match up because of the Celtics' size on the wing. The Celtics aren't a big team because they have Kemba at point guard and they have Tice at center. Both those guys are undersized, but. When you look at Tatum, when you look at Jalen Brown, and then you look at Gordon Hayer, who's 6'7", that's just tough. The Raptors don't have three big guys on the wing out there to guard like that. Without Hayward, now you have Tatum and, and Brown. And then I think at this point, you can kind of more comfortably put a guy like OG on Tatum, a guy like Siakam on Brown. And you can at least have like-for-like size matchups. I think defensively, it was a little bit more palatable. And of course, you know, assuming Kyle was there, you know, Kyle and, and Marcus Smart, I'm sure they can sort of, you know, knock each other out. And, of course, you could put Fred on Kemba. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Mark and, and Tice. To be honest, the two teams are actually kind of structured similarly. Um, the Celtics are a little bit more heavy in terms of scoring on the wing. Um, you know, they don't have, like, a Serge Ibaka who can come off the bench and give you, like, 16 points efficiently. They don't really do that. Um, but, you know, their wings are obviously very deadly. Tatum is, you know, hitting a lot of step-back jumpers, looking really great, looking real smooth. I will point out the fact that Tatum has never really had a lot of success against the Raptors this year. Um, you know, the guys who have killed the Raptors have been more Kemba. Uh, you know, he's he's given the Raptors problems. You know, I think in that, in that game, the Raptors played against the Celtics in the seeding game, so the Raptors unfortunately got blown out. Uh, Kemba was really giving them issues in the pick and roll, especially against the Raptors who were dropping the center back. You know, there's a lot of open looks there for Kemba. Uh, and then, of course, Hayward actually I thought was really quietly efficient as, as a sort of a secondary kind of playmaker that was also really efficient. Like he was like close to 50 and 40 on the season from the field and from the three. So he's out. Uh, and then Jalen Brown actually had a really good game. I remember on Christmas, Jalen Brown had like 30. He put Rondé Hollis-Jefferson on skates. You know, it was it was a tough look. Um, so, you know what? The Celtics are 3-1 on the season against the Raptors. The run again, the Raptors won. Pat McCaw almost had a triple-double on them. And, uh, you know, they won despite Tony Brothers trying to give, like, 50 extra free throws to the Celtics. That was one of the best wins of the season. I love that game. Um, so, it, it'll be an even matchup. And I, and I do think that, you know, it, a lot of it comes down to sort of who can outperform between, you know, Siakam and, and Tatum. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, their size advantage, I think Siakam should be able to score in the post. I really, really liked his confidence today. Obviously, it's different. You know, the the Nets were on the verge of getting swept, and they have some pretty weak post defenders to to begin with. But, you know, I I think Siakam should be able to sort of have his way a little bit with some of the Celtics' wings, uh, especially since that he's picked up his sort of tempo here in in the last two games, the last three games, really, um, you know, in the Nets series. You know, obviously not as sharpest, but I do I do believe in Pascal in that, in that matchup. Uh, and then, you know, you, you, you kind of need Fred to sort of play Kemba to an even, which I think is doable. I think Fred's defense is that good. And I think Fred, I mean, offensively, he's on a tear right now. Uh, it's not that unrealistic, even though obviously Kemba is, uh, you know, all-star and max player, whatever. Honestly, Fred's playing like a max player right now. I can't even lie. Um and then, yeah, you know, you just need OG to really balance out, you know, Jalen Brown, which is a little bit tough because, you know, Jalen's definitely more of a gifted scorer than OG is. But OG defensively should match up and, and take away a lot of what Brown does well, which is use his size and, and, and shoot. Uh, and, you know, I think OG can, you know, do some things there. I don't expect too much offensively from OG in this series. Um, but then, you know, the big the big uh, swing factor is the fact that the Raptors have two more scorers coming off the bench with Norm and, and Serge. I mean, those two guys are both threats to give you 30. The Celtics, 
they protect the rim by committee, but I can really see Norm getting downhill and attacking the rim, kind of similar to the way he did in this game uh, against the Nets and sort of in the series against the Nets. And then Serge, I think Serge has a really, really good matchup here. The Celtics are really going to use their bigs to drop back. Um, they're going to ignore Mark a lot. Uh, Mark had pretty much one of his worst games of the season in, in game two of the regular season when the Raptors played the Celtics and lost in a narrow game. Pascal, I think, had 35. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mark in that game was just not scoring. They were not defending him. They were putting Grant Williams on him. You know, Mark was getting called for charges, getting blocked by Jalen Brown. It was it was ugly. And, and you know, there's they're going to do the same thing kind of the Nets were doing where they're going to switch wings onto Mark. They're going to switch. Um, they're going to have smaller centers on Mark to begin with. No one's really going to match him for size. And they're going to sag off him and, and use that man instead to uh, to wall off the paint or send help elsewhere or whatever. So you're really going to need your centers to score in this matchup. And honestly, that's where I could see, especially with Serge playing the way he is right now, I could see, you know, as a mid-series adjustment, if it, if it gets to that point where the Raptors are down, I could see that being a move where they sort of bring Baca in as the starter because I just I really do think that you need a lot of balanced scoring against a team like the Celtics who defensively, they're pretty good. I mean, they switch a lot. Um, and they're not really Warriors-esque with their switching, but they do switch a lot. They do have a lot of like-size wings. That, that's able to sort of keep a lot of penetration in front of them, dribble penetration. And the Raptors obviously are at their best when their guards can get downhill, collapse the paint, and then kick it out, swing the ball, play a team game. Switching makes you play a lot more ISO. And, you know, we saw, I mean, even when the Nets did a lot of switching in, in game two against the Raptors, you know, they made it a game against the Raptors. That was the only game that could have potentially ended as a loss, although the Raptors kind of comfortably won that one too. Um you know, you're going to see a lot of switching from the Celtics. And, um, yeah, you're going to need your best scores out there. You're going to need Pascal to be sharp. You're going to need Mark to give you something. And if not, you're going to need to go to Surge a lot. And then you need Surge to give you something because Surge, realistically, he can be hit or miss in the playoffs too. He obviously has great moments. Sometimes he has quiet moments. Um, and then, yeah. But I, I do think the Raptors can defend the Celtics pretty, pretty well, uh, especially now with Hayward out. I, I do think the matchups are actually pretty even. Uh, and then, you know, I also think the Celtics can defend the Raptors pretty well. So um, it's going to be a long series. It's going to be a very fun series. Obviously, two great coaches. Uh, you know, Nick Nurse, the coach of the year. Congratulations to Nick. And um, Brad Stevens, who is uh, a Nick Nurse wannabe. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but a pretty decent coach in his own right. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun series. I look forward to it. I mean, I'm going to have a more in-depth preview coming up later this week. I'm going to watch some film and break things down. Raptors play game one against the Celtics uh, on Thursday. So, you know, there's a couple of days in between to sort of get your rest there. Uh, in the in the time being, I will have to say, you know, make sure to call into the live call-in show. Uh, me and Josh are going to be taking calls on Monday, August the 24th uh, at 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern. So you can watch live on the House Sports Canada YouTube page, uh, and you can call in, and you know we can talk about the Nets series, and we can talk about the series coming up. So look, uh, you know, looking forward to your calls, looking forward to uh, your messages on the live chat. In terms of your three stars for this game, I'm gonna have to give the first star to. Uh, I'm gonna get this first star to Pascal, man. I really like the way Pascal played defensively. He was active to 20 points, six rebounds, 10 assists, two steals. The 10 assists for for Pascal was just wild. Uh, he was really setting the table. You know, for you know a lot of the game, the Raptors played without a true point guard, and Pascal, you know, did really well as that point forward role. And I look forward to him developing his handle and stuff like that, too, improving his reads, because I want to see that as a long-term option. You know, all the best players in the game are these point-forward types. You got 
Luka, you got LeBron, Giannis, you know, Kawhi, uh, you know, play IP in his own mind in his Gatorade commercials. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, but, yeah. Um, you know, Pascal was was excellent in his role today. Uh, obviously, you know, the other two are Norm and Serge. Norm, second star, 29 points, five rebounds, an assist, two steals, and block. 9 of 14, 5 of 9 from the three, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 24 minutes. Incredible stuff. And then Serge Ibaka, 27 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, 12 of 14 from the field, 3 of 3 from three in 20 minutes. It's unbelievable. Uh, the three of those guys just absolutely killed the Nets today. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, man, 150 points, 100 total points off the bench. I've never seen anything like this. It was a flat-out dominant performance. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award, that's got to go to... I'll give it to Tyler Johnson. He had a hot start. You know, he cooled off, but, you know, he was annoying at, at the start. He was getting free against Fred or whatever. I think he was the one that got Fred into foul trouble, too, so... Give it to Tyler. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a sweep. It's the first official sweep in franchise history. I really do have the stretch of the Raptors did the Canadian sweep to the Milwaukee Bucks last season, and uh, we should never forget that. But whatever, official, first official sweep, the Raptors, um, you know, I mean, it, you know, Brooklyn obviously wasn't at full strength, but still, it was fun to uh, to, to send them packing in this way. You know, I, you know, I, uh, you know, it, it just feels good because the, the, the Nets did really hurt the Raptors' feelings in 2007. And really hurt my feelings in 2014, definitely. Both those series really were, were, were painstaking. Came down to the last possession. And so, you know, even if it is against, you know, whatever, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, a sweep is a sweep. I feel great about it. Uh, had a pretty much entire week of not stressing about the Raptors in the playoffs, which is, again, completely new. Never never felt that before, being unfazed whatsoever by the Raptors in the playoffs. So, uh, it was a fun. It was a fun series, I guess. You know, um, you know, the Nets. You know, congratulations. Go to Disneyland. Do what you need to do, man. Take your time. Find a coach. Get healthy. Uh, and obviously, the Nets will be a force for years to come. But for now, yeah, they got swept, man. It is what it is. So uh, that does it for the podcast. Uh, once again, I have to ask you. Um, you know, I've seen a couple of people uh, rate, reviewing, subscribing to the show. Uh, I really enjoyed reading the comments and, of course, seeing the. The, the reviews roll in. If you enjoy the show, please give us five stars. And of course, if you really enjoy the show, please leave us a nice comment. It's very, very straightforward. It's very simple. You, it's like, I don't know, man, like 15 seconds to do. Um, yeah, so, you know, that really helps us sort of surface the podcast, especially on iTunes and on Spotify and other, you know, charts where platforms uh, and, and where, wherever where podcasts are found. Uh, call into the live show. Um, you know, if you're listening, I, I'm recording on Sunday, so Monday. Uh, tomorrow, call in 12 p.m. Eastern. Me and Josh take phone calls live at the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. 
And um, yeah, look out for Run It Back. We'll have another series preview with me and Alex coming up shortly. Uh, we'll obviously have a longer breakdown podcast to sort of preview the Celtics series. And um, yeah, it'll be a lot of good basketball to come. Again, I've always wanted to see the Celtics series. It's going to be very tough. I respect them a lot as a team, but also F the Celtics. Uh, I'm ready to finally beat that fraud team. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to the sponsor KFC for sponsoring the show. Thanks to the Nets for... Uh, I don't know, being a punching bag for four games. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 